What's up, everyone? Welcome back. I am seated here on a Monday morning. I've got my coffee in a Homer Simpson mug, and I'm ready to roll. Today's episode is all about self-defense and the practices, the tools that I am using to increase my awareness and my education and my knowledge regarding self-defense. But first, there is one story within my newsletter that I want to direct your attention to. It's called When the Past Catches Up with the Present, and it is a very personal story about my time living in Los Angeles as a pop culture journalist. It is exactly what it sounds like. You know when you go to the grocery store and you're in the checkout line and there's all these like celebrity gossip tabloid magazines. I used to work for one of those magazines. I will not reveal the name. I started as a magazine journalist and then I moved into print. So it was like an online digital version of those tabloids. I was working there for basically um, the devil. Uh, My story is very similar to the devil wears Prada. My boss was a very well-known and very well-hated woman in the Hollywood industry. And it's basically me sharing like how traumatized I was by working for her and working for her company and how to this day, even four or five years later, I'm still working through that trauma of overcoming her wrath and the impact she left on me. I parted ways with the company in a very negative, tumultuous, dramatic fashion, which is not considered professional by any stretch of the imagination. Give it a read if you're interested in in that, in toxic bosses, horrible work environments, and just overcoming trauma from a previous work experience. So let's move into today's topic, which is self-defense. I'm going to break it down by tools that I have previously owned, currently owned, and may own in the future. There's three of them. The first one is pepper spray. Second one is a knife. And the third one is a firearm, aka a gun, aka a pistol. Now, I'm aware that any talk of firearms or weapons may stir up some negative feelings for people, especially considering the climate we are living in in America right now, where there seems to be a gut-wrenching mass shooting every day of the week. Um, So if you feel like you cannot listen to this episode for personal reasons, I totally understand. And if you find yourself getting worked up as this episode goes on, totally fine to stop it. But please, the one thing I would ask you not to do is like attack me in any sort of way, come after me, try to fucking cancel me. Not that I'm famous enough to be canceled, but you know what I mean. We're going to have different opinions on a whole shit ton of things throughout this podcast and throughout life. And if you disagree with anything I'm, I'm saying, totally fine. Just, you know, keep keep your opinions to yourself. Or if you don't want to, you can start your own podcast. You know what I mean? Don't come into my neck of woods, neck of the woods and start a forest fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just all please be respectful and understanding that we're going to have different viewpoints and opinions when it comes to means of personal protection. So the first tool that I mentioned is pepper spray. That is the very first tool regarding self-defense that I ever received. I have been carrying pepper spray in my purse 
for God years now, maybe like five years. Thankfully, I've never had to use it. I bought it on Amazon and I actually bought a couple because I am terrible at taking things out of one purse and moving them into another. So I have like my personal purse and I have a backpack. Then I have my work tote that like includes my laptop and chargers and wires and all that good stuff. So I actually bought like three pepper sprays to have one in my car, one in my backpack, one in my purse. Um, But I had a realization a few months ago. So my husband had to go on a trip. He was flying back to his hometown and we agreed that I would stay here alone with our dog just so we don't have to put him in boarding. And it's just a lot cheaper and easier for me to stay here while he goes. And one of the first questions that popped into my head was like, am I going to be safe alone in this house for three nights? And my husband was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like we totally like logically and logistically speaking, we do live in a very safe suburb and we do live in a very safe part of town. But that, you know, the percentage of something going wrong, God forbid, is not high, but it's also not a zero. Like there's never zero percent chance that something might scare you, right? So that kind of got me thinking about how I, you know, in a worst nightmare, worst case situation, how I might protect myself while my husband is gone. And it dawned on me clear as day that pepper spray is probably not the most efficient or effective tool in self-defense. And the fact that I had this train of thought just signified to me that I am interested in obtaining a more effective tool. Because think about pepper spray, right? You're essentially spraying it all over the place. You're not in a in a worst case scenario, you're not going to be able to fish that pepper spray from the depths of your purse, your fucking Mary Poppins purse, reaching, reaching, reaching into the black abyss. Let's say you do end up grabbing it. Then you have to make sure that the nozzle is pointed in the direction of your attacker. And then you have to aim and you have to spray. And even if you do spray directly into your face, into their face, it's it's airborne at this point. So there's a very high chance that that spray is going to get into your eyes as well. And now you're both blind. You're both, you know, scrambling on the floor in pain with swollen, stinging eyeballs. Like, that's not an ideal situation. So, you know, when my husband, and obviously everything was fine. When my husband was gone, I was totally safe. Everything was great. But I did find myself, like, double-checking every window. Is it locked? Is it closed? I did double-check the doors, and I... I don't know. Sometimes I'm a light sleeper. Sometimes I'm not. But I do have a dog. So in my mind, I was like, okay, like if there is someone lurking around, the dog will wake me up. Everything was fine. But like I was 5% more cautious than I would have been had my husband been sleeping next to me. And this got the ball rolling to more serious and damage-inflicting means or tools of self-defense. So the next step was a knife. What made me decide to buy a knife? So let's backtrack to my birthday. 
You'll know from a previous episode that my husband and I went vintage shopping, thrift shopping, antique shopping in a small town of Stillwater. And in these antique stores, there were a bunch, I'm talking like hundreds of antique knives. And I, I can't even explain it. I felt this immediate reaction, this immediate attraction to these knives. I'm looking at the glass shelf and I'm just mesmerized by the different kinds of blades and the different kinds of handles. And I realized like you can shop for knives based on your personality. It's like shopping for shoes. Like there are so many colors to choose from, so many textures, so many materials. There are handles made of wood, handles made of stone, handles made of crystal. Uh, Actually, there are handles made of poop. Yes, like human feces. I don't know what the process is called, but one of the shop owners was like, so there was a sign that said shitty knives. And I made a remark to my husband. I was like, oh, shitty knives. Like, does that mean that these knives are like poor quality? And the store owner overheard me and they were like, no, shitty knives literally mean that the handle is made from human feces. And there is a process, and I forget the name, but there's a process where you can compress poop into a rock hard substance using like uh, a machine and a certain type of gas and chemicals or whatever. And it makes this indestructible uh, rock hard substance. And then you can turn it into the handle of anything you want. And when I was looking at these knives, I was like, oh my God, like they're so pretty. Um, they're, they're so badass. They're so tough looking. Like what a cool accessory to have. What a cool like collector's item to have. But ultimately I talked myself out of it because what do I need a knife for? Like a lot of these knives that I was looking at are, are more for like hunting and outdoorsy activity, cutting rope. Um, maybe hunting animals with a knife. Uh, and I have said that I do love the outdoors, but that does not make me an outdoorsy person. I think there is a big difference between loving the outdoors and being like a person who loves to fucking camp and hunt. And, you know, and that's not me. Like, I do not love to hunt. I would never uh, kill an animal anyway. Uh, I'm not against camping, but it's not my favorite thing to do. So basically I was like, what the fuck do I need a knife for? Probably nothing. I would just like spend the money and then it would sit on my dresser and collect dust. So I talked myself out of it and I didn't get a knife that day, which was a mistake. I have to say like lesson learned people. If there is something that catches your eye and you find yourself just stopped and staring at this product and you cannot explain where this immediate immense attraction is coming from. You can't put into words like I never thought in a million years that I would step into an antique shop, see a collection of knives and my jaw would hit the floor. I have never considered my like, oh, I'm a knife person. Like what? Like where the fuck did this obsession come from? But it came out of nowhere and it came on so strongly that I couldn't ignore it. And even though I tried to ignore it by talking myself out of it, it's always been in the back of my mind. So knowing that my husband, without me knowing, started looking at knife and gun shows. Usually they're hand in hand, right? And a knife and gun show is where personal dealers, public dealers, or just 
people who love knives and love firearms get together and exchange goods and products. And it's a place where people come together to talk about common hobbies and interests and collector's items. So my husband was like, hey, there is a gun show or like a knife and gun show pretty much every weekend all summer scattered around the city. Like, do you want to go? I was like, yeah, I do, because I did regret not buying one of the knives at Stillwater. So just this weekend on Saturday, we drove like 40 minutes away to go to a knife and gun show. And I ended up buying what's called a switchblade. It's also called a stiletto knife. It's also called an automatic knife. It has a bunch of names, but I think the most common one is a switchblade. I have named her Mina, M-I-N-A, because, um, so Mina Harker is a character from Bram Stoker's Dracula. And if there's one thing you have to know about me is that I'm a huge horror fan, especially like gothic horror, 19th century horror, old school classic novels like Frankenstein, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Phantom of the Opera, and of course Dracula. So Mina Harker is the final girl in the Dracula novel. She actually gets bit by a vampire in the story, but survives and like helps the team of men hunt Dracula down and find his castle and stab him. And she saves the day. And she's like this like badass fucking woman. She's like the original final girl, to be honest with you. So my knife is named Mina after her. And oh my gosh, let me pull it out right now. Oh, sorry, I just grabbed her. So can you hear this through the camera? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so fucking sorry. Okay. That's, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, that was the sound of my switchblade coming out of its pocket and accidentally hitting the microphone. I'm so sorry if that just destroyed your eardrums, but, um, yeah, that's the damage a switchblade can inflict on people. So the handle of Mina is a beautiful, like buttercream creme brulee, beige ivory bone ganache she looks like a dessert and she's like this beautiful ivory stone handle I was immediately drawn to her and I took her home for like 35 bucks 40 bucks uh with tax there I'm not gonna recommend okay by the way full disclosure this episode is not about like recommending things to you because here's the thing switchblades in particular are very hit or miss with politics or in like their legality. So some states you're not allowed to sell, own, distribute, or even collect switchblades because they fall under the family of automatic knives. In other states, it's totally legal to not only buy and sell, but you can carry switchblades in public with you. You can have them in your purse. You can have them attached to your belt. You can have them in your backpack and you can use them as like a legal weapon or like legal self-defense tool. So this is not about like me recommending products for you. I'm never going to recommend that you like buy a switchblade, especially if you do live in a state where it's pretty much illegal. So if you are someone who's like, ooh, like knives, interesting. Could I be a woman or a person who uses that, whether for self-defense or hunting or camping or whatever have you? 
please make sure that the knife that you are interested in is legal to own, legal to, and legal to carry and possibly use in public. I bought Miss Mina just, just to kind of fulfill the, the destiny that did not be, that was not fulfilled in Stillwater. I did not really have any intention of doing much with Mina other than playing with her, admiring her, and, you know, it, she wasn't even that expensive. 35 bucks, I can, you know, I can swing that. But when I got home, I started Googling, like, different kinds of knives. Like, now I've had a taste. I've bitten into the apple, and I'm ready to fall down the rabbit hole. And I realized there's a knife called a butterfly knife, also called a balisong. And this knife has essentially two handles. So you can, like, throw it in the air and catch it. You can do all these tricks and little gimmicks and you can wrap it around your wrist and flick it amongst your fingers and like really do, it's almost like um, nunchucks, nunchucks. I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. Um, Nunchucks. It's like that where it's like, yeah, it could be a weapon, but it's also just like mostly a toy that teenage boys play with, you know? So a butterfly knife is falls into that same category. Like, yeah, it is a kind of a weapon, but I just want to learn how to do cool tricks and toss it in the air. So the next time, you know, we may end up going to another knife and gun show this year or even next year. Like, we don't have to rush. I'm not in any rush. But eventually, I do want to get my hands on a butterfly knife and teach myself some cool ass shit. Overall, I have to say, I was expecting... Maybe not expecting, but I was preparing for the worst when it came to this knife and gun show. I was preparing to be like an idiot because I don't know the first thing about knife handling or even the names. I didn't know what a switchblade was until like the woman told me. I was expecting to be like a fish out of water and surrounded by people who would be judging me or giving me strange looks because I obviously look out of place. First of all, like I was maybe one of like five women there. So just the fact that I'm a woman already put me on this pedestal that I did not want to be standing on. Secondly, I, you know, it's the middle of fucking summer. So I'm wearing a t-shirt. So all my tattoos are on display. I'm also like quite young. I'm also like, you know, just like this like skinny little like thing walking around. I almost look like a child, to be honest with you. And Actually, one of the firearm salespeople was like, hey, little lady, like, you want to pick up uh, a shotgun? By the way, none of these guns are um, loaded. There is a huge sign outside the venue that says, if you, like, currently own a firearm, please remove all the fucking bullets so that you can, like, play in this public space. So everything is 100% safe. Um, so I was I picked up this firearm and he's like, oh, like that's, you know, that's a little bit too heavy for you. Why don't you pick up this like junior shotgun? <laughs> I was like, there's a junior shotgun? Of course there is. There are shotguns made for like fucking petite children walking around. So he's like, yeah, pick up this like child's gun. I was like, okay, anyway. But generally, honestly, it was such a positive experience because even though I had these like fears and insecurities, everyone there was so nice and not only that but so helpful um there was one station where i picked up a firearm i I believe it was a 38 
Taurus. So if you want to know what that gun looks like, 38 Taurus, I believe it's called. And the guy was like, why don't you go ahead and, uh, oh my God, what's the fucking word? Clock it? Load it? Glock it? I don't know. <laughs> but he's like, go ahead and do that. And I was like, like, what does that mean? And he's like, do this. And I, w- I was just such a fucking beginner and such a fucking noob. And I was scared that these people were going to laugh at me. And nobody did. Everyone was like, here, lady, like, this is precisely how you do it. And I just, like, got practice. And we ended up talking to, like, most of the people there are these incredible um, retired war veterans. So, like, men who are, like, 80 years old. This one man, oh, my God, he had, like, his leg blown off in war and was walking around with... Um, what's it called? Not a wheelchair, but like, yeah, kind of a wheelchair, like rolling around, handling these big ass guns. So friendly, so helpful, so informative. And I'm so relieved that none of my anxieties came true. Nobody, I mean, I did get some stares, but I think they were more stares of like, oh, like pretty lady is here versus stares of like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like you don't belong, right? Like I did feel like I did belong, even though I kind of didn't. And yeah, just a very like lovely experience. And because the experience was so eye-opening in a positive way, I am now considering becoming a firearm owner and just learning more about firearm safety and handling. And um, similar to my experience with knives, where I had this immediate attraction, an unexpected attraction, A very similar thing happened to me with firing guns. You know, let's backtrack to um, Christmas. I went to New York, upstate New York, to visit my family. It's where my sister lives. And it's COVID and it's winter and it's Christmas time. So not a lot of things are open. But, you know, unsurprisingly, the firing range is open. So my brother-in-law, my sister's husband was like, hey, like we have nothing to do this morning. Nothing else is open. Let's go shoot some guns. And I was like, okay, like you boys just go, like my husband and my brother-in-law, like you two boys just go. And they were like, no, like you have to come. And I was like, no, I've never fucking held a gun in my life. And they were like, so this is the perfect place to do it. You're in a safe, controlled environment with professionals who are literally paid to help you. Like this is the perfect opportunity to learn and like try something new and just expand your horizons and become more comfortable with something that truth be told, I have always been very afraid of. If you would have spoken to me three years ago, I would have refused to even picked up a gun, any kind of gun, handgun, pistol, revolver, shotgun, like you name it, I was fucking against it. And it's because like, now I know it's because I was so afraid and I was so like uninformed and foreign to firearms. And where does fear come from? Fear comes from the un- the unknown, the unexpected, the different. And I don't think it's correct to... Or I don't think it's like the healthiest mindset to fear what you don't understand. Like get to understand it first. And then if you're still fearful or you're still nervous or you're still anti, then fine. At least you've tried it. At least you've like put in the effort to familiarize with something. And, you know, if you still don't like it, then so be it. But I was like, you're right. I'm not going to just continue being fearful 
of firearms, especially, and this is, you know, a harsh truth that firearms are becoming more common in America. More people are buying firearms for self-protection, for shooting, I mean, not shooting, hunting, but like mostly self-protection. Um, and firearms are becoming like what we see in the daily fucking news. Every day we wake up to a story about some evil human being running rampant with a firearm. And most of the time, they're not like personal pistols. They're more, um, you know, ARs and uh, assault rifles and automatic rifles. They are different categories of firearms, but a firearm nonetheless. So either I can continue living in America where guns are just on the loose and I can continue living in fear, or I can say to myself, here's an opportunity to face the facts, uh, face this brutal truth and become more familiar with this tool that is, you know, unregulated in a lot of states, not here in Minnesota where I live, but like constitutional carry, right? Any fucking idiot can walk into a store and purchase a firearm. So we're at the shooting range in New York and I really fucking liked it. Like, I'm not going to say that a gun is a toy or like something for fun, but it was fun. Like, Obviously, safety, yes, you know, I'm wearing the eye goggles and I have my ears protected and I have all these professionals around me telling me, like, do not, you know, only put your hand on the trigger when you are aiming at something and you're willing to shoot. Otherwise, like, leave your hand next to the trigger. And I have all these, like, really knowledgeable men around me, like, coaching me. How do I lean my body? Do I lean forward? Do I lean backward? Do I put my left foot forward, my right foot forward? Which I, which eyeball do I fucking use? I don't fucking know. Like, to, in order to aim and look through, like, the little eyesight, every firearm has an eyesight on the end of it, which is how you aim. And I had so much fun. It felt really like powerful. And I felt like Laura Croft, you know, shooting a a gun. And um, in the state of New York, you can only fire like personal handguns if you have a direct permit to do so. Otherwise, if you don't have a permit, you get to fire an AK-47, which seems very counterintuitive. If you don't have a permit, you can fire the bigger gun. If you do have a permit, you can fire the little small boy that goes in your holster or in your purse. (laughs) So here I am, a total newbie, firing an AK-47. And I had a lot of fucking fun. And dare I say, I almost have a natural talent for it. Because, I don't know, maybe they were just trying to butter me up and trying not to embarrass me. But every time I fired and actually hit the target... Everyone was like, whoa, whoa, fucking, fucking Annie Oakley over here, fucking Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, fucking like Kim Possible, bitch. Like, I was really good at it. And now um, I'm interested in visiting more shooting ranges this year. I think it's a great way to blow off some steam if you've had a real shit day. It's a great way to get outside. And it's just a great way, like, practice makes perfect. And if I want to be somebody who's comfortable around firearms, guess what, Buttercup? Like, you better fucking pick one up and learn how to load it safely, learn how to unload it safely, learn how to aim, learn how to point and shoot, learn muscle memory. It all comes down to muscle memory. And that is something that I want to become. I want to become 
less nervous, less fearful, and more professional around firearms. And you know what? Once that happens, and I already feel it happening, I may own a personal firearm. And I was very nervous to talk about firearms in general. I thought this, you know, I had a little internal battle with myself where I was like, do I just stick to like pepper pepper spray and knives and end the episode there? Or do I go in like one level deeper and talk about firearms? Because let's face it, it's a very sensitive subject these days for reasons that I have mentioned. Um, and I just want to make it clear, not that I have to like explain myself. I don't, but I will say, because I do feel very strongly about this, is stricter gun laws. Like you can be a liberal, a Democrat, and still enjoy going to the shooting range. And you can still value self-defense and self-protection through the means of firearms. But that said, like I am very pro stricter gun laws. I think that if you need a permit to drive a car, like let's face it, a car, we don't see a car as a killing machine. We see a car as like a means of transportation. Also like a fun vehicle that we get that takes us on trips and vacations and takes us to work. A car is a necessity. A car is also a privilege. A car is also like a fun, cool thing to own. But in the wrong hands with the wrong driver, a car is a killing machine. And I think firearms fall into that same category. A firearm can be fun to shoot um, at a shooting range, obviously, or it can be fun to shoot if you're a hunter, or it can be a cool collector's item, but it's also a killing machine in the wrong hands. And I think if you need a permit or a license and you need all this fucking paperwork to own a car, you need car insurance, you need to go to the DMV, fill out paperwork, pass a written test, pass a road test. If you need all that to get a car, I think you need all that possibly and more to own a firearm. So I am totally against constitutional carry. Uh, I think whatever is written in the fucking constitution was a fucking mistake. Also worth mentioning, ARs were not in existence when the constitution was written. So I think there needs to be like a little asterisk that says like, yeah, you can maybe own like a personal pistol. You cannot own an AR unless you're like in the fucking military or something, right? So I'm against ARs. I'm against constitutional carry. I am pro stricter gun laws, pro like permits and licenses and all that, you know, and all that stuff. Um, But the bottom line is I can't lie. I'm going to say that I do have this thirst for knowledge when it comes to firearm handling and safe and responsible practices. And more so than that, like I am just a person who loves to try new hobbies and loves to test the limits of what I can do in this lifetime. Life is so short. And I think, um, what is it? Okay. So I love this quote from Vincent Van Gogh, the famous painter. He said, the way to know life is to love many things. Love as many things as possible and do not limit yourself with doubt or or like fear of criticism or fear of judgment. Love as many things as you can. Love baking, love going to the shooting range, love rollerblading, love collecting knives, love going out with your friends, like love, love, love. Love as many things as you fucking can and learn as many things as you fucking can. I've already done the research of what it takes to 
purchase a firearm. Well, first, it's going to happen in steps, okay? I'm not just going to, like, blindly purchase a firearm. Not that I could because I don't have a permit here in Minnesota. But first, step one is going to be to go to more shooting ranges this year. That is one of my goals. We talked about goals in the last episode. What kind of person do you want to be at the end of 2022? And I want to add to that list that I want to be a person who is more comfortable and knowledgeable and professional around personal firearms. In order to make that happen, step one, go to the shooting range. Step two, you know, start the permit process. And from what I've read in Minnesota, it's kind of lengthy and there are a lot of steps involved, which I support because I don't want just any fucking willy-nilly human being 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 able to get one. You have to first attend a safety and knowledge course That course is about eight hours in a single day. So you arrive at eight and you're there until five. It's like going to school. And in that time, you will go to the shooting range on site and you will practice there with, you know, other students and make sure that you know how to like aim safely and pull the trigger safely. Then if you do well in that class, you will get a signed piece of paper saying that you completed the class. You take that paper to the sheriff's office, but you have to make an appointment first. And appointments are like weeks in advance. So you have to wait a while. Then you take that piece of paper to the sheriff's office. They take it and they say, okay, if, if, if you are approved by the sheriff, you will get your permit in the mail, which should take 30 days. That's like a long kind of drawn out process. But like I said, I am all for it. And that is how you get a permit in the state of Minnesota. And when that happens, you can go back to the gun show and you are, so you are allowed to attend the gun show without a permit. You can just look and shop and look around, you know, window shopping. There were some fucking kids there for crying out loud. You know what I mean? But like I said, all the guns are unloaded, so it's totally safe. But you are not allowed to purchase a firearm without presenting your permit first, which makes perfect sense. So if I do get the permit, I can go to the gun show, present my paperwork, and leave that day with a firearm. And I will end the episode saying this, you know, I know that there's a lot of controversy regarding firearms in today's climate in America, but I think here's like where I stand today. And like, you know, my mind can always change. We are complex human beings who change our minds a lot of the time. Here's where I currently stand. I think with the right training and the right knowledge and enough practice and the correct paperwork and the correct permits, I think a handgun, specifically a handgun, not an AR, a personal handgun can be an effective tool when it comes to self-defense and personal protection. God forbid I ever have to use it, but the fact that I was a little bit scared to be at home alone when my husband was gone was the ultimate indicator that I should buy some more tools. And I did. I bought Mina. I bought my switchblade. A firearm might be next. And if you are totally against that way of thinking, that is completely fine. Please, you know, let's not exchange negative words. There's already enough of, of, and there's enough hate and criticism and judgment going on around the world. So if you are like listening, like, oh my God, I would never fucking do that. Great. You know, 
let's let's be different. All right. So I'll leave it at that before I ramble on too long. Um, have a great day, everyone. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.